This next session, we're going to talk about prophetic evangelism. It's uh, in your book. It's called Led by Love. And more, uh, I guess, uh, you know, this, this, this is in evangelical circles too. So, you know, uh, had to had to make it a little palatable for them. Uh, but the, the, the guy that edited this book, I wrote this book from a thoroughly Pentecostal perspective. And he said it was written in such a way that a Baptist could use it. So that was, that was good. <laughs> really, really. So not all Baptists are cessationists. You know, I don't talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I talk about the operation of the gifts. And many evangelicals believe in that. Um, so... Um, how many of you like old cars? Yeah, yeah, I do too. So I got one. I love old cars. I don't realize I got one. There we go. Uh, like antiques, like 1967, 68, 69 Mustangs. I love those. Oh, yeah. You know, just say I'm on the way home from the airport tomorrow. I'm getting gas, and I see a, see a 1969 pearl blue Mustang. Oh, for sale on the sign. I thought, praise God, I walk over to it. You know, it's going to take 45 minutes for my truck to fill up with gas. Uh, it's going to cost me a lot of money before I leave. So I'm, I'm, I'm over here and I'm looking at the car. The owner pops out and says, Would you like to sit in it? I'm like, Yeah. So I sit down. It's got a disco ball twirling from the rear view mirror. Elvis's. Christmas 8-track cassette hits coming out. Blue, blue Christmas. And uh, on the odometer, it's got 18,406 original miles. So I'm like, I want to take this for a ride, man. And he says, there's just one problem. It doesn't have a motor in it. It looks strong. It looks fast. But what it takes to move it forward is missing. And when you look at the apostolic church, the early church, you cannot, <laughs> you cannot, in the church or in their evangelism, you cannot separate the operation of the gifts from the gospel or the working of the church. Hello. Amen. They go together. So when you take out the, the burden... Now, if you don't operate in the gifts of the Spirit, there's no, there's no condemnation. But if you don't desire it to be a part of your walk with God, you need to go to the next level. Because there is no distinction that... The operation of the gifts are just for five-fold ministers. It's for the entirety of the body of Christ. And you could have said amen right there. Yes, yes. Thank, yes. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't you know. So, so, how many of have you have ever thought, why don't I see more blind eyes open? Deaf people healed. Resurrection of the dead. I've got an 11 year old son. And when he was two, my wife and I for Christmas got him a little trampoline. Just a little, you know, two by two. He could jump, you know, just jump in his room. So Christmas Eve, we're putting it together. And my wife makes a statement we don't need the directions. My dad's there. You know, the longer I've been married, I just say, okay, sit down. Have your way with the no directions. Let's see how this works. So about an hour and a half in, my wife backslides. She's lost her salvation. She gets angry. And she, goes, she goes to bed. Isn't that beautiful? Oh my God. Messed it all up. You take care of it. <laughs> my dad's mad so I sit down and I take about seven minutes and I read the directions and the screws that the Chinese didn't include they were there 
And the bracket that was six inches too long, it actually wasn't. And we put it together in about 15, 20 minutes. Wow. And, and it was simple. I, I learned. Read the directions. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and Paul, Paul said in Corinthians 14.1, earnestly seek spiritual gifts. Especially the gift of prophecy. So what is he telling us? And, and, and now think about this. He's telling this to the Corinthian church. This is not a lukewarm, seeker-sensitive, play-down-the-gifts church. This is the most spiritually... This church operates in the gifts more than any other church in the Bible. And he tells them to earnestly seek it. Especially prophecy. So, the reason we don't see more, I have a theory, is because we're not following the instruction of Paul. We're not earnestly seeking it. Especially, you know what that means? I mean, you can make an argument that Paul is saying every day, pray that God would operate His gifts through your life. Every day, pray earnestly for that, and with extra unction that you would prophesy. And so, we, we must get back to that. And so we're going to look at a story of Jesus in His one-on-one evangelism and His operation in the prophetic. So if you could turn, if you have a Bible, you could turn there. Turn it on, open it, however you flow. Turn it. Turn to the book of John, chapter 4. And if someone could read for me John 4, 4 through 10. Thank you. John 4, 4 through verse... John 4, verses 4 through 10. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychus, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, from sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have had no dealings with for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Okay. So the first thing that we see here. And this is, this is chapter 4 in your book. And in your workbook it's chapter 4. So, um, so in, in this dialogue, the first thing that we see here, everybody say purpose. purpose. Jesus is reaching out to this woman on purpose. This is real simple what I'm about to say. When we get up in the morning, let's make a determination that on purpose... We're going to reach people on purpose. Evangelism doesn't happen by accident. And so he's with this woman. And I really want you to hear this. He asks this woman for a drink. That is humility. He says to her, I have a need. I cannot meet it. How many of you know walking in the desert... If there's one thing that you're going to need is water. He's thirsty. It's not a it's not a it's not a sweet tea on his back porch in 65 degrees as he's looking at the grass coming out the ground. He needs a drink. I have a need. Would you please meet it? So, in our evangelism, we must find a way where we can humble ourselves. And because humility is... There's a principle, God gives grace to the humble, 
but He resists the proud. And when we find a way to humble ourselves, because I, I, I don't know about you, but if I'm on the way home from the airport and I run out of gas, hello, my cell phone's dead, and I, I can't find my wallet, to walk up to somebody I've never met to say, hey, can I have $10? How many of you would that make you feel a little vulnerable? That would be humbling. I don't want to ask somebody for $10. I want to provide it for myself. So, so that's what Jesus is doing. He's humbling Himself to this woman. Here's the principle. God gives grace to the... And He resists the... So, I, I, I'm thankful for the grace of God in this fact. You know, when I first started doing evangelism, I had a right heart. I was pure, right motivation. But dude, I was totally condemning. I mean, I told everybody they were going to hell all the time. You're going to hell with the love of God stare, all jacked up, mad, pointing at them. You know, I knew God had delivered me. I didn't have a great method. No one was teaching me. But, and I wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't arrogant, but, but you know, you can come across that way. And if somebody thinks you're arrogant, they're going to shut the door. Amen. You can be right all day long. You know, um, relationally, if someone hurts your feelings, it ain't, it's not about being right at that point. It's, it's, here's what happened. Here's the condition. It's not, I'm not trying to be right. I'm saying the cause and effect here caused my, you know, are you, you follow me. So, uh, he's, he, he's humbling himself to this woman, and she asks him the question, how can you ask me for a drink? Jews and Samaritans... Don't associate with one another. Her first thought was, this is unique. Uh, I've never had a Jewish man talk to me before. Let alone a rabbinical Jewish man. There was a little ethnical tension that was happening. She wasn't used to this. It was out of the ordinary. And... She asks him this direct question. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? What does Jesus say? If you'd have known who was before you, you'd ask me for a drink and I'd have given you living water. Wow. <laughs> Let's just look at that right there. You're sitting with someone. You're from X, I'm from Z. You know, we've never connected. I tell you what, I've got, uh, I've got some uh, property on, in Florida that I'd like to sell you. No, 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 I didn't ask you about property in Florida. He totally changes the subject from someone that she's never met before. You know what she thought at that moment? This is unique. This guy's weird. He's a, he just asked me for water. Now he's telling me he's got water. When I asked him what the difference between a Jew and a Samaritan was. You know what that shows us? That God has a unique plan for everyone that we talk to. And the devil has a plan for everyone that we talk to. That's right. The highest form of evangelism that I long to operate in is this. Jesus only did what He saw the Father do. He only said what He heard Him say. Jesus was not dealing with ethnical divides. So He didn't... You, you, have you ever met the guy, you're talking to him about Jesus, and they say something like this, well, if God really loves, then why are people in Mozambique dying if God really loves them? Yeah. And, and, and you could say, you know what, that is a great question. I, I, I just actually graduated from Texas Tech with a 
master's degree in biology and ecology and I had to do an internship in Mozambique. And when we were there, we studied the river systems and we found that uh, the river systems were being uh, polluted with nuclear waste from some of the surrounding nations. And, and God does love people of Mozambique. It's the people there that are polluting the river. And they could hear that, and you could say, here's my thesis and dissertation, and wow, that's wild that you asked me that. And they look straight at you and they say, well, if God really loves people, then why are people dying of AIDS in Africa? So, at that point, they're not looking for an answer. They're looking for an argument. Yeah, there you go. So, you've got to be able to discern, because when you talk to somebody on purpose, full of the Holy Spirit, the devil doesn't say, oh, well, Cindy's talking to Matt. It's over. Let's go, let's go over here to John. It's, it's almost like an analogy. If Canada decided they wanted the oil fields of North Dakota and came over tonight with their military, I don't think President Biden will say, well, hope you don't take South Dakota too. You know, somebody said he might. Who knows? I'm not getting into debate about that. <laughs> So there would be a fight because territory. Hey, when Putin says uh, I'd like Ukraine, uh, Zelensky said, "Uh, uh-uh, you can't have Ukraine." There's a there's a fight over the territory, and the devil's not just going to lay down. So we've got to know what the we got. Let me just say that we got to be led by the Spirit. we got to be a people led by the Spirit. In the Old Testament, <coughs> excuse me, the people of God were, were, were um, identified, they didn't bow to idols, which was a big deal. That, that was a total contrast. They didn't eat shellfish or pork. They were circumcised. They took off on the Sabbath and they didn't work. Those were four things that gave them contrast to all of society. People could identify them. They got that hair. They don't, they're not eating pork and, and they, they will not get out of bed on the Sabbath. Those are Jews. In the New Testament, the identifying mark of the people of God is the Spirit. It's the Spirit. So we must be people of the Spirit. And we need to be led by the Spirit. So, so Jesus says, I've got, I've got living water. You should have some of it. And uh, she, some, somebody read again verse 10, 11, and 12 of chapter 4, please. <clears throat> Jesus answered and said to her, If you know the gift of God and who it is, who says to you, Give me a drink? You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get the living water? Keep, keep Read a couple more. You are... You, are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank fro, fro, from it himself? Okay, that's good. He's got a preaching voice, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah man. It's preaching right there. Oh, right. We just get an Alabama shirt on him and he'll be all the way, right? I just lost the whole crowd. I know it. I know it. I, know it. I had to do it. God bless him. So, so yeah, yeah. I could say, I could say, where Go Blue went last time I played Alabama, but I'm not. I'm gonna keep the old moving right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I shouldn't have done that. God delivered me from talking about Alabama. Okay. So, 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 she, she asks him, "Are you greater than Jacob?" How many of you know that Jesus fully understood he was greater than Jacob? But he was not going to get into this dialogue conversation. By this time, here's what she's thinking. 
He asked me for water. Now he's telling me he's got water. This guy is really, really weird. When you talk to somebody that you think is weird, you know the feeling that comes over you? What is it? Get out of there. Get out of there. That's a good one. Get out of there. Yeah. Here we go. Here, here, here's, here's how I would define it. Awkward. How many of you have refrained from doing evangelism because you didn't want somebody to think you were weird and you didn't want to make them feel awkward? Now, if Jesus could not navigate from someone thinking he was weird or awkward, neither can you and neither can I. we got to get that out. People will feel awkward and people will feel weird. So we cannot let that be an obstacle. So she finally says, okay, give me some of the water. I'll take some. What has Jesus not done? He hadn't talked about the difference between a Jew and a Samaritan, nor is he greater than Jacob. Next thing he says, I tell you what, She's finally, you know what she's doing? This, this is powerful. I want you to see it. This is powerful. She says, I'll take some of the water. What's she doing? She's moving towards him. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's not moving towards her. She's moving in his direction. I want to tell you, that's a win right there. Right there. If you can get someone by the end of your conversation to move in his direction. You've done you've been successful. Amen. So she's moving in his direction. He says, I tell you what, you want some awesome. Go call your husband and come back. I'd like to meet that guy. You know what she says? I don't have one. You know what that is? It's a smoke screen. You ever been talking to the guy and you're talking about Jesus and he's oh yeah, I got bad, you know. They're drinking a beer, they're drunk out of their mind, they're living with their girlfriend, and you know, got seven DUIs, and you bring up Jesus, yeah, I remember when I got baptized. And they, they get all religious. Uh, so so to, to try to detract you, what she was saying was, I don't have a husband. Uh, Jesus, I'm a widow. Jesus, I'm a virgin, I've never been married. She's trying to paint a different picture. But because he's led by the Spirit, he begins to operate in the gifts. And he says, yeah, the fact is, you don't have a husband. You've had five. And the one laying in your bed right now is not your husband either. You know what her next words were? You're a prophet. She moved even further. Look at this. She thinks... Weird Jewish guy. He's like Moses. Awkward, unique individual that's got a tick. He's like Elijah. Her frame of him just expanded greatly. And I want to tell you, that's what the gifts do. It's more, in in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, Paul said, our gospel didn't come to you in word only, but in power, in the Holy Spirit, in deep conviction. The gospel, the the, the power of God unto salvation is the gospel. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The proclamation of the word, empowered by the Spirit, but also the gifts of the Spirit, help attest the message and the messenger. Hello. How many of you know we need some attestation in the body of Christ? We need some confirmation. So, I'll just share a couple of stories with you. We were, I was in an IHOP restaurant, and and, um, the, the, the lady... Is, is waiting on us, and I'm just praying for her. I'm not standing up praying in the Holy Ghost. God, da da ba, so, you know, I'm, I'm just praying. Lord, give me a word. Speak to me. God, touch this woman. 
And she comes up for the last time. And as I'm praying, the Lord just speaks to me. I see where she's at. I hadn't forgot her. My hand's not too short to touch her. And you tell her everything's going to be okay. So I, I, I tell her that the next... I, she comes back. I tell her that. She basically turns around and leaves. And I'm thinking, that was interesting. And, and so the manager is taking the payment from the pastor up front. And she says, do you all know her? He said, no, we've never met her. And the manager started to cry right then. Said she's in the back saying over and over and over, how did they know, how did they know, how did they know? She said her daughter was just diagnosed with kidney failure and is going to die without a miracle like that day or the day before. So when I said God sees you, He hadn't forgot, His hand's not too short, and everything's going to work out. It was the life of God entering her. When I came around the back, she was back there smoking a camel. I walked over, I slapped that thing out of her mouth. I said, let me tell you something right now, my man of God, and I will not have these cigarettes in my presence. Put it out! I didn't do that. I got her, man. She was on the edge right there. You know what I said? I said, you know what? I'll become all things known, but give me a cigarette. No, I didn't do that either. How many of you think I had to convince her that Jesus loved her and was real? I shared with her. She got saved. Her daughter called me the next day. Said God's going to do a miracle. The gifts of the Spirit. I'll share a couple of stories. I was in England. And I'm about to go to bed. We're doing an outreach the next day with the church we're working with. And the Lord speaks to me to draw a picture. I don't draw, ladies and gentlemen. You do? Excellent. Yeah. Thank you for sharing this information with us. Forgive me, I've sinned. That boy's listening. He's listening better than some of y'all. No, no. He's back. We need to get you a coloring book. Yeah, so, so, um, so I'm, I'm wrestling with this. So I, I, you know, I can't draw as, big, as good as him. So I draw a stick man that's depressed, clouds over its head like he lives in Detroit. <laughs> I love the lines. I love Matt Stafford. <laughs> Son of Detroit. I'm, I'm killing myself. Huh? I, I'd say I love Harbaugh, but I'd be lying on that one. So let's just move on. Come on, man. I'm digging a hole. Stop, Joe, right now. Stop. I repent of my sins. Pride sin. I've grieved God and I've grieved Detroitians. So I, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. So, um, and then I drew a picture of a stick man that was happy, and the clouds were parted and a hand coming down, and and uh, felt the power of God went to bed. Next day, I'm at the coffee shop across the street from the church, about to do some outreach, and there's a witch, lady that looks totally like a witch, walking through the mall, and the Lord gives me a simple word: she believes in Jesus. Go tell her. So I jump up. I'm running through the mall, you know, the, the lion, the witch, and the redneck from Alabama. <laughs> In England. And so, so I stop her and I said, you believe in Jesus? She said, yes, I do. I mean, she had rings all over her face. She looked like a Bill Dance fishing lure. I mean, her face was painted white. So she comes over to the, I said, you want, I, and I'm talking to her. She says, I like the paint. And I said, and, and I found out that morning, I didn't know the night before I drew the picture, I've never been to a service like this. They were having prophetic painting during the worship service that night. Wow. So I thought, I'm in the flow, you know. I do a stick man. Yeah. Glory. They're having painting, I'm in the flow of the Holy Ghost. So, 
She said, I like to paint. I said, well, Emma, we're painting. They're having painting tonight. You want to come paint at the church while they sing? She said, sure. So we hung out the rest of the day. And she came that night. She painted a picture during the... I'm, I'm up front worshiping and she's painting. She drew... She painted a picture with clouds, an individual totally depressed, the hand of God coming out, and the person liberated. And when I saw it, I brought my daytimer over and said, look, I drew this. It's not as good as yours, Emma. <laughs> but I drew your salvation last night. You just drew it tonight. God wants to save you. She gives her life to Christ. The next day, we're having a children's outreach. So I didn't tell her, you know, just look, Emma, this is going to freak the kids out. <laughs> you know, and especially if you bring some apples up in here to give out to the kids. <laughs> so she shows up the next day. Nobody's talked to her. She's dressed normal. Her white paint's gone. All, all the rings are out of her head. She was holy. I mean, she had holes all up my head. And, and so she comes the whole day. And at the end of the day, she said, I love Marilyn Manson. She said, should I continue? She said, is that bad? And I said, well, go home and pray about it and come back tomorrow and tell me what God tells you. And so she goes home. She prays. She comes back the next day. And she said, Joe, I prayed about it last night. And when I woke up, every Manson picture was face down on the ground of my floor. And all the other rock and rolls was still up there, but Manson was on the face down. I said, God was speaking to you, right? And it all started out from a prophetic unction. From a prophetic unction. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll share one more with you. I was at uh, Barnes & Noble in the coffee section of the bookstore and I was on the seventh day of a fast just praying that God would use me the gifts and I had a word of knowledge for somebody in the coffee shop and I just said as Hannah was barren you've been barren and God wants to use you to give birth she starts weeping I lay she starts weeping and said to the person that she was with is that the person you just told me about he said, yeah. I didn't know it was her pastor. He was counseling her. Because she was a lesbian that had just gotten saved, got married and had a miscarriage and was buried. And he was telling her about Hannah. I had no idea. I couldn't hear a word of their conversation. She starts weeping. I laid hands on her and she gets hit by the power of God and falls on the ground. Now, she didn't believe in the power of God. And she's out for like three, four, five minutes. She's out for long enough for me to, to make an announcement. So everybody's coming over looking at her. Looking at me, looking around. I said, ma'am, I said, everybody, she, she didn't have a heart attack. She got hit by the fire of God. You know, and this is not at an altar of a church where people are, are singing, I exalt thee. I mean, I'm in Barnes and Noble. They're singing, you know, Bon Jovi. You know, it, dead or alive. You know, that's where I'm at. And, and so, so, the manager comes over to me and says, hey man, we've got to call the police and the ambulance. This lady's out. This is not good. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, call them. I understand procedure and protocol. You know, you can't have the lady laid out at Barnes and Noble for five minutes. You know, so they call them. Before they get there, she jumps up and she said, everybody leave him alone. I was depressed and now I'm set free. She said, she said I didn't believe in the power of God. She said, but I do now. And those are just a few testimonies that are dramatic, that are powerful. I can give you more. But I, 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 one more, one more. This has a real point to it here. The other ones did too. I'm at Denny's having breakfast and the Lord speaks to me and says uh, I, I knew that this lady had a son and, and the Lord says uh, her two year old son it was near Christmas she cannot afford a gift that she has planned to get him and it is really grieving her 
And I want you to tell her that this precious gift is on Jesus. So I give her a very large tip and I tell her that God wants to pay for your gift because He loves you. And this tip is a representation that God has heard your cry and that He loves your son as much as you do and He loves you too. When I said that, she spun around, she lost it, she's weeping profusely. And the gift that manifested the presence of God was there. And you know what I felt the Lord say? Stop. Don't take it any further. She's not ready. And so at that point, I believe I was putting Miracle Grow and liquid fertilizer on a seed that was in the ground. And so I'm not saying there's no right recipe. Here's another one. Okay? Prophetic. I'm I'm in the terminal. About to fly home. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. (coughs) Why are y'all laughing? Y'all don't like Alabama? Alabama? It's a great state. It's beautiful. Oh, you're bringing up football. Oh, Birmingham. Okay, no, no, no. Talking about Bama football. I like that guy. Okay. So, so I'm in the terminal, and and I, I, I say this in in, in just um, great care. You know, a, a woman walked in. I could tell she was a lesbian, and I thought, Lord, you want me to go talk to her? He said, No, I don't. I don't want you to say anything. And so I'm like, God, I'll go talk. I'll go talk to her. He's like, No, sit down, shut up. <laughs> no. All right. That's my assignment. Shut up. So I get on the plane. Boom. She's sitting next to me. So it's a, it's two here, three here. It's me and her and the three on the side. So I thought, okay, Lord, I understand now you wanted me to do it. Shut up. No, not now either. Just keep your mouth shut. So, so the guy next to me across the aisle is very charismatic. And he's talking to me, and he's just, you know, he's just an outgoing personality. And he says, you know, I was living in Dallas at the time, flying to Dallas. I said, how about the Cowboys, man? And so I'm, I'm talking to him, and she leans over me, and she said, the Cowboys are not going to win because Jerry Jones is an idiot. And she just starts going off on Jerry Jones. So I'm getting a kick out of it. I'm laughing. They're, 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 they're going back and forth. I'm, I'm kind of out of the conversation. She is totally taken over. And this guy's charismatic, talks for the whole airplane. They're going for it. And, and so then he asks her, what do you do for a living? When he asked her that, I laughed. And she said, why did you laugh? I'm like, I know what he's fitting to ask me. What do I do for a living? So, so then he says immediately, well, what do you do? I said, I'm an evangelist. Have you ever kicked a turtle? And watch him go. I mean, she, she was out here charismatic. I'm an evangelist. Right on her computer. I thought, okay, man. Just saying that, I have hit a button. No lesbian, nothing. Nothing gay has come up. Zero. And I'm like, and so, so now she starts, I think she's an activist. She starts trying to provoke me. She's like, yeah, me and my partner, we adopted a kid. And she's talking to me and she's really, she's, and I'm just, and I'm just loving on her. You know, I'm not letting it. And then she orders two Jack Daniels. And she said, I got arthritis. Will you open these for me? So I could have said, you know what? God deliver me from alcohol. You foul devil from hell. I'm not, somebody's going to open those for her, Right. So, you know, rebuke me if you want to, and I'll receive it. But she said, I've got arthritis. I said, I see a lot of people with arthritis healed. Open her, open her Jack Daniels. You know, she ordered two, so I had, no, I didn't have one. <laughs> Told me don't drink since 1996. And God delivered me, never drank again. That was a bad joke. Somebody didn't like it, so I'll move on. And, and so, about an hour, the Lord still says, don't say anything. 
So about an hour goes by. And in the process of the flight, I was reading a, a weightlifting magazine. And um, I got to a place where there was an inappropriate picture. And I just ripped it out. As soon as I saw it, I just ripped it out, threw it away. Boom. Let no evil thing come before your eyes. And continued on. I was done reading the magazine. And the guy next to me, for an hour, he looks up. He ain't talking in an hour. He said, "Let me ask you a question, man." He said, "This has been bothering me the whole flight." He said, "Why did you suddenly just rip that page out of that magazine and throw it away? That was intense." And the Lord said, "Now." <laughs> Hello, I'm not preaching to her. The Lord took the ball, put it on a tee and said, swing. If I would have started this with her in the lobby or on the plane, she'd have shut me down. I'm not talking to her now. I'm talking to him. And so I began to go off. She heard everything. What I do? I sowed a seed. And she met a Christian that didn't go half-cocked on her and didn't condemn her. And I think that's what she needed. And so... So that was prophetic event. I was led by the Spirit wow, yeah. prophetically. So some plant, others water, God makes it grow. Yep. So, so, and back to, back to Christ, and I'm going to close with this. He called or sent out. Yep. Hello. The greatest evangelist of all time dealt with the sin. She said, you're a prophet. Then she said, you're the Messiah. She had such an encounter her whole life. She went back to her village differently than the way she left. <laughs> can can we? Is that okay to say? Because she went back and preached the un, 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 she preached the kingdom. One encounter. The gifts of the Spirit help give people an encounter with God that leads to transformation. And God wants you to flow in the gifts. Amen? Amen. So some of us today, we're going to go door to door. And here's what we're going to say. Our name. It's a good way to start. Hello, my name is Joe Oden. And I go to Christ Community Church. And we're out today. Pastor Tim Tyler has served at this church for 30 years. And he sent us out of the community today to ask you if there's anything that you need prayer for. And we just wanted wow. to pray for you today. Wow. In the midst of wars, rumors of wars, pandemics, we believe that Jesus still answers prayer. And so at that moment, you have no idea what's, that they can say, I don't like prayer and slam the door. You know? um, there was a there was a time, here's another prophetic one, and this will be the last one. I'm at the door. This lady starts to shut the door. I get a word of knowledge that she's depressed. So I said, I rebuke the spirit of depression now in the name of Jesus. She opens the door. She's come out. She's weeping. Now, this is wild. This was the first time I never met my wife. We're at the church. And the, this college and career pastor asked me to do a few doors with her. Because when I was preaching, I saw her and I thought she was beautiful. I said, man, that blonde-headed lady is beautiful. I want to meet her. You know, hey, it's, it's where to meet somebody, right? Don't judge me in church. Amen. <laughs> so we're, we're driving around and he sees her and he calls her partner off and tells me to do a few doors with her. And I thought, praise the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord today and teach this lady how to do evangelism. So she's intimidated because she's with the evangelist. And the third door we knock on, I have that word, she comes out, and I said, this is an accident. Now, this is not how to do it today, but I said, Trisha, lay hands on her stomach right now. See, that's not your typical approach, right? Right, right. Exactly. So you're depressed and then pop their stomach. Okay? I think that's freaky. But when you're led by the Spirit, hello, we prayed over, she's weeping, she comes to church the next night. She said, I was depressed and hadn't walked out of my house in three months. And she said, I had a severe intestinal stomach problem for 30 years and God began a miracle last night. She wept. Healing, healing. So, you know, when, when you go to the door, 
That's why I can't prepare you for every situation. You're going to learn today by doing it. And the more you do it, the better you'll get. And if you met, and you may say, let, let, let me just say this. You know, I dealt with a prophetic. The first time my son took steps, you'll never guess what happened. He fell. He fell. This lady's brilliant right here, I'm telling you. She's awesome. He fell. And you know what I did? I pulled my belt off and I whipped him. I thought you don't fall. You're noting. No, no. I spent seven years in jail, but I don't do that anymore. No, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I pulled out a video, you know, he took three steps and fell and broke his nose. It was wonderful. Let's put it on YouTube. You know, because I'm his dad, I'm his dad, and his first steps, I was happy. It was a monumental day, even though he fell. And so you may start out in the prophetic and miss it. God's not in heaven with the Louisville slugger wanting to smack you. He's wanting to develop you. He's not mad at you. So you've got to start with where you're at. And so you don't, you don't, you know, in the prophetic you don't say, I have a word from the Lord. Let's say it, the Lord God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and I'm going to put Jacob in there too. Right now says unto you this day. I don't talk like that. That's crazy. You ever heard somebody get prophetic, they're talking like me all normal, then they get prophetic and they go King James English. They read the ESV version of the Bible and then they go King James on you. And they got to throw in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's got to be in every prophetic word. Okay. So, so you just talk normal. Hey, my name's Joe and I feel like the Lord is saying this. Do you agree? I'm to the people after you say it does that bear witness with you and if they say no say you know what I felt God say that but I'm fallible I'm a human being and if that doesn't bear witness with you take it off the table hello and sometimes you could be dead on spot on and they say that that wasn't God I've had people do that I was ministering to this guy I'm a Christian. I said, no, you're having sex with a girlfriend. He said, no, I'm not. I said, yeah, you are too. He said, I am not. I said, yes, you are. He said, I'm not. I said, look me in the eyes right now and tell me that you're not. He started crying. So sometimes, even if you, somebody says you missed it, you didn't miss it. Now, I wouldn't say try that your first shot. You know. But just because they don't agree doesn't mean you didn't. And if you did miss it, you just want to say, look, I'm just stepping out uh, in the gifts of the Spirit and I'm fallible. And don't put something on God that, that God didn't say. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if we're at the laundromat, some of us are going to go to the laundromat today and buy people's, uh, you know, buy, buy downs, buy their next load to wash or next load to dry. We're just going to say, hey, I'm from Christ Community Church. And we wanted to show the love of God in a tangible way today. And we just wanted to say, hey, this load is on us. And if there's anything we can pray for you about, we'd love to. And then, you know what that is? It's an open door. They may say, yeah, I'll take the $3 and do my laundry, but I don't want to talk to you. You say, God bless you. You're going to go straight to hell! No, don't do that. Yeah, 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 don't, don't do that. So, so it's just, these are just ways to connect with people. You know, in, uh, we don't have time to go over it today. I'm about to close. I've said that for 45 minutes. But, but in the last, in one of these chapters, it's how to start a conversation. And really, you know, you know I'll say this and I'll, and I'll turn it to the pastor. We talk about evangelism, but you're, you're not, I mean, you know what would be really weird? I'm in, you know, we're, we're at Starbucks. Tell me your name again. Gil. Gil? I'll let, look, look up. I'm getting my Starbucks. The Bible says that Jesus is Lord. You've got to serve Him. And, you know, that, that would be a little unique, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'd be different to say, hey, Gil, I, 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 live in, I live in Dallas. You from Detroit? How long have you been here? Uh, right, right. Now i got a conversation. Yes. Right. And it was very natural. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah. It, so 
So you take where the conversation goes. When I'm doing that, it's very intentional. Lord, help me, lead me. And maybe I never get a window, never get a release, and all I do is talk about, you know, the Detroit Tigers, and I get my coffee and leave. But maybe I get enough conversation where I can lead into my testimony. He says, you know, Joe, what do you do? Boom, it's over then. It's over. You know what I say? I say? You know what? I'm an evangelist and I travel throughout America sharing my story. I was bound by drugs and alcohol as a drug addict, drug dealer. Court ordered by the law to go to church. Boom, the gospel had an encounter, got saved. You ever had anything like that happen to you, Gil? And then boom, there you're in it, right there. Do you have your hand up? Okay. So I'll do that a couple times. So is this good? Yes. yes. Any questions? They have Starbucks in heaven. Saint Arbucks. Saint Arbucks. Arbucks is there. Some some people just I feel it just do not like my jokes. Yes, sir. You alluded to it a little bit earlier. Uh, some of us here are on a prayer tent, and I've heard it in churches many times. What I call the short gospel, where they say just accept Jesus as your Savior, save it. The prayer, you know, the, the 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 sinner's prayer, and you're saved. And what concerns me about that is, is the lordship of Jesus not is not brought in. Sin is not brought in. The repentance is not brought in. And I almost feel that that kind of a gospel is heretical because it leads more people to hell than it does to repentance. I wonder if you'd comment on that. Yeah, I think you know. I could not have shared um, in any... In a, I think I've depleted what I can share about that from chapter 1. And I, I think the Gospel has to incorporate those six points. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You know, but there, there are tools too. Let me, let me say this. There are tools. It's like... My five-year-old doesn't know how to ride a bike yet. We got training wheels on it. And some methods are training wheels. But sometimes you got to take the training wheels off. Pastor Tim, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.